Hey, it's your commish and uh, host of the podcast, The Denver Desert Dog, Matt Kozlowski. Uh, getting ready to do the week two podcast with Phil and Shane from the Seawolves and Take Your Ball and Go Home. It was an exciting week one opening up the Sons of Fantasy Football League season. Uh, the clan took down yours truly, uh, 146 to 123. The Hammer took down T-Bag, 102 to 86. The Mad Dogs took down the Patriots, 141 to 81. The Franchise took down Park, 109 to 91. Seawolves took down the Curtain in our game of the week, 129 to 116. And Team Ice Cream, 128 to 101 over the Bull Weevils. A lot of points were scored. Um, it was an exciting week one. We had a lot of action on the waiver wire leading into week two, which we'll cover on the podcast. So just looking forward to you guys listening to it previewing week two and then obviously when the games go on Sunday um, seeing where things shake out seeing who's 2-0, who's 0-2 battling for their playoff lives thanks for listening and enjoy Alright, welcome to the Sons of Fantasy Football League podcast, I'm your host the 0-1 Denver Desert Dog, your commish Matt Kozlowski Joining me tonight, also at 0-1, and my opponent for this week in a loser leaves town match, Shane Stein. How you doing, buddy? Hey, it's good to be here, Matt. Thanks for having me. Hey, anytime, man. Or how do you feel about this week? Um, I don't feel great about it. I'll be honest with you. I feel like uh, tea baggers are going to be 0-2 to start and clawing our way uphill like we have the last couple of years. Are your thumbs rested to get your lineup set for Sunday after all those waiver claims you put in? <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll save that. We'll save that story when we get there. The laugh that you heard was Phil Bruce from the Seawolves. Phil, you're one and zero. You beat your arch nemesis Eddie last week. Good win. Um, how are you feeling? I, I feel pretty good. I don't know if Eddie's my arch nemesis. I feel like I have what you would call a, a lot of enemies in the league, but it, it's nice for the Seawolves to, to finally get started off with the win. I think I've lost the last three openers and I've been in a hole. So it, it, it's nice to finally put up a good week. Eddie put up a good week too. It was pretty much Watkins versus uh, Lamar Jackson for the one o'clock games on Sunday, which was a lot of fun just seeing going back and forth, touchdown to touchdown and just feels great and good to be here. Yeah, um, congrats on the win, and you're right, Shane's the only person in the league that likes you. So, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, Phil, you have trivia tonight. Shane and I were a little tied up today. Um, so why don't you kick us off with, I think you had two trivia questions. Yeah, I, I do, and I have two because they're pretty short answers, and well, if, if you know this right away, just, just give the, the other person an opportunity. But uh, in Sunday's game, three different players named Brown went over 100 receiving yards. Hollywood Brown lighting up the Dolphins. John Brown having a good game against the Jets. A.J. Brown having a big debut at Cleveland. In NFL history, what is the only other trio of players with the same last name who've all gone over 100 receiving yards in the same week? Wow. Wow. I have a name in mind, but I'm trying to think of a third that would have been it. I have I have a guess, but I don't know if they all played at the same time. All right, let's go to Shane first. Um, well, the name I'm thinking of is Williams. It is but, not Williams. But I have another guess involved. I'll let Cosgo. I have one more other. So mine's Smith, and that would be Jimmy Smith, Rod Smith, and Steve Smith. That is incorrect. I don't think Steve Smith played at the same time as Rod and Jimmy, though. No, I don't. I don't think they did either. But that was a good guess, though. It was. My other one that I'm thinking, but I doubt that it's right now that I'm thinking about it, would be Johnson, but I can't think of a third either. <laughs> oh, thinking, come on. Calvin, Calvin Keyshawn, and wrong. So, all right. What about Jones? Let, let Jones. me give let, let me give you a Julio, hint. Wait, wait, Julio, no, no. Julio, Marvin, and Zay. Guys, the, the answer is Johnson, and I'll give you the year. It happened in 2012. 
So all three, all three players led their teams in receiving yards that season, combining for four thousand six hundred and eight yards. And Andre you, Johnson, Andre. Yeah. Okay, Calvin. so you have Calvin and Andre are correct. There is a third Johnson, Chad. Incorrect. Stevie. Stevie Johnson is also correct. <laughs> Very good. good. Good question. I like that. That was really so, good. Yeah, that, that was a short one. And then I, I have another one that <clears throat> it's a little bit more relevant. But um, so Sony Michelle last year in the playoffs ran for 336 yards, 129 against the Chargers, 113 at the Chiefs, 94 against the Rams. Who are the only other two active players who have ran for over 300 yards in a single postseason? How many are there? Two? Yeah. Who are the only other two active players who have ran for over 300 yards in a single postseason? Let's go to Shane first for, for some guesses. Okay. Active over 300 yards in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Let me think here. I'm thinking. Mm. Wow. That is thin. It's tough being on this side. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. How about Le'Veon Bell? Le'Veon Bell is correct. I feel like he had a huge game in one of the games. That's why. Bell ran for 357 yards in three playoff games back in 2016. Yeah. Okay. He actually, he actually played that season. Um, man, and there's another one. What is one more? Um, I think I have it. Um, man, this is brutal. I don't know. I, I can't even think of anyone. I'm going to sure. go with Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman is incorrect. Ah, I thought I, he had thought Super Bowl year. Um, let me get a guess out there. All right, you, you each get one more guess, and then I have to give you the hint. Okay, how about – all right, go ahead, Kaz. I have – I'm, I'm going to use my one more, but go ahead. You go first. Um, CJ Anderson? Incorrect. All right, my last guess is uh, – I'm actually not even positive he's active, but I think he is. LeGarrette Blunt. Incorrect. All right, All right, there's there's two hints. The first hint is the year that it happened in the playoffs, and that is the 2012 playoff run. So that was Patriots-Giants so, Super Bowl? Two, it, it is not, no. But 2012, this guy ran for 319 yards. That's Saints-Colts. Saints-Colts. No, no, no that's no, Niners-Ravens. No. Niners, Ravens. Ravens. Oh, Frank Gore. Frank Gore is correct. Very good. So the hint was that their teams play against each other this week in the Monday night game, but I thought that would give it away. They don't play each other this week. Oh, I'm sorry. That was for last week. That's right. Yeah. That that, that would have been a tough hint. (laughs) (laughs) Nick Chubb? Yeah. Um. All right, so let's get into good question. Good question, Phil. Yeah, like it. Um, let's get into the waiver wire recap for this week. Um, little little different this year because waivers runs every day. 
Um, Shane, do you want to tell us your story about waivers running every day? Yeah, I, uh, a little embarrassed still, um, but I guess I have to share it with the rest of the league. I was uh, a little unsure of the rules, and I was freaking out the other day because I had it in my mind that it was Thursday when it was actually Wednesday, and uh, I didn't quite understand our rules fully yet. So I had at, at about 11.30 or 11.40, somewhere in that range, I had put in about 27 waiver claims all to get rid of Jameis Winston because I thought if I didn't that he was going to be stuck on my roster for the entire week. And I didn't want that. So <laughs> I was basically was just going and clicking on everyone's name in the league because I figured I, I had to eventually get someone just in case anyone else was bidding on all these guys. Um, yeah, I put in, I had 27 waiver claims in, just all of them to get rid of Jameis Winston. But I, I, I don't know. I, it was just a momentary. I was freaking out. I, I didn't understand the rules and just lost my head for a while there. So I, 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 I think you got rid of half of them and only ended up with about 13. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think I narrowed it down to like 12 or something. I, I just wanted the guy off my team. I wanted him off my squad. Couldn't take it I anymore. I, I can't blame you. He's not very good. Um, yeah, he's not, he's not good at football. He's not a good player. No, no. So the successful bids that did happen, um, we'll do them in dollar order. Um, Butler adds John Ross for $18 and then also adds Chris Conley for $15. So we'll stop right there um, because I think it's interesting that Butler added two wide receivers. Obviously, he had a hole with Adam Humphreys, but there's other pressing needs on Kevin's team. So to spend 33 on two players for the same spot, I mean, obviously, John Ross, I think, needed to be picked up this week. I'm not sure Conley did, but what do you guys think about what Butler did? Well, I actually spoke. I spoke. I spoke to Kevin about it today, actually. So, um, I'll give you where he was coming from, and kind of made sense. I mean, he basically, he was like, "Listen, he's like, I don't have anyone else on my team that can play. <laughs> he's like, he's like, I need some players for when these guys go on bye weeks that I can actually try to put in a lineup. He's like, I didn't have anyone on my bench that I really could put in. So, he's like, I needed to go out and get like two of the best available players. So I had had some other guys that could play." <laughs> So in that sense, I kind of, kind of see where he was coming from. Yeah, I was kind of thinking he was doing the same thing, except getting those two wide receivers, just hoping they both pop, and maybe he can flip one for a like an RB three or, or or flex running back because he. I mean that that that's a good point that those are two of the best guys available, even though they both play the same position. Your hands are kind of tied, right? You're looking for upside there, and he's looking for some guys that just might be valuable pieces later when when we head to bye week. So I'm I'm fine with. It. I don't I don't know what to make of John Ross. We haven't been able to see that much of him. He, he's been sidelined a lot. He he sure looked good on Sunday, but um, I, I I he's worth taking a flyer on. Ross definitely carries value while AJ Green's out. The unfortunate part, you know, watching Red Zone, I got to see both his touchdowns. The second one, he didn't deserve. It was before the first half, and the Seahawks' safety just completely mistimed the jump, and he was standing there waiting to catch the punt and step into the end zone. So, um, you know, without that big play, it's not as great of a week one, but he's definitely – he had like 12 targets. He's definitely startable while A.J. Green's out. Shane, you were watching the games with me. You kind of saw the same thing I saw, right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Um, all right, Fegley adds Hawkinson for $11. Um, thought that was a good buy. Um, Fegley didn't really have a hole at tight end, and Joku caught a touchdown in week one, but the Browns didn't look very good. So Hawkinson was a stud. He was out there for, I think, almost every play with the Lions. Um, so if he thinks he's a potential league winner, he's, you know, he's been compared to George Kittle in terms of athleticism. So a good buy in that sense, um, even though the need wasn't necessarily there. Yeah, I'm kicking myself right now. I had I had a $10 bid in for Hawkinson. Um, I really wanted him. Um, kicking myself for not going more. Uh, try to get greedy and try to keep him at a value that I thought he still might be a keeper value because I, I feel like he could be really good. Um, he, he could end up – I wouldn't be surprised seeing him as a top three, four tight end this year for sure. I don't know if he has all that much staying power. I mean, we typically don't see 
tight ends have sustainable rookie seasons. Um, I'm trying to think of the the last one that we did, and and I I can't think of one, but definitely worth seeing picking up, holding on for a few games, see if he can continue producing like that. And and, yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think it was Gronk. Even but even Gronk wasn't steady. Cause dropped Gronk. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think I, I think Stafford likes throwing to the tight end. I think the Ebron thing for for whatever reason that that'll be a mystery as to why that never worked out in Detroit. Um, I think it says more about Ebron than Stafford. Um, so I think Hawkinson could end up being what Shane said a good value. Um, I'm just not sure that that offense can sustain Hopkinson, uh, carry on Johnson, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. I, I worry about all four of them being able to all hit value. And I'm much more confident in at least one of the wide receivers and carry on Johnson hitting for the year than I am um, maybe Hopkinson. So. Next bid, I added Raheem Mostert for $5. Um, I can just tell you what I was thinking there. Brita has shown he isn't necessarily able to stay healthy. Um, Tevin Coleman's already hurt and has had health issues in the past. And Mostert's been pretty good when he's been out there, and I believe in Kyle Shanahan's system for the running back. So that's why I added Mostert. And Jalen Richard's a bum. So. <laughs> Jane, were you not monster to that? Um, I, he was one of my claims that I put in, but I just had a zero dollar claim in on him. Okay. Um, I, I definitely should have considered putting. I considered putting a couple bucks on it, but honestly, I I, I just think Breed is a little better than him. Yeah, I, I think Breed is better. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, you made you make good points. I probably should have been in on him, considering I own Breed. Um, but I, I don't know. I think I think Breed is still is while Coleman's out here. Breed is still going to be the guy. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm fine with it. You, you mentioned the upside there for, for five bucks on the waiver wire. I don't know how much more upside you're going to get. I, I think it's good value. And My other thing them. is just I'm, the Rams and Saints have the same bye week this year, so I'm going to need some help in a couple of weeks. Um, Austin Hooper for to Micah for $2. Nothing to see there. And then uh, Ido Smith to Stein <laughs> for zero. He was the one that won. Out of all the bids you put in, the guy you got for dropping Winston. Yes, that's correct. Um, and then we had some claims run today because of the new waiver claim rule that we established that it runs every day at noon, which I think early returns have been pretty good. I think everyone I seen, seems to like it so far. Um, Bowl added Terry McLaurin for $7. I put a $1 bid on him at eleven fifty eight uh, this morning. <laughs> and... I was really upset to see Paul get him because I think Terry McLaren could be um, one of the breakout players from this year. Um, I don't know. Ohio State seems to breed wide receivers, and he seems to be the clear target and a deep threat as well on a bad Washington team. So I thought that was a good ad by Paul. Yeah, I was surprised McLaren didn't go on Wednesday, honestly. Yeah. Um, I thought about picking him up. He was def- He was one of my – Zero dollar claims, I believe, but um, mm-hmm. I, I I figured he would go to someone on on the first the first go round. Yeah, I, I've had a philosophy recently where I'm trying to stay away from some of these younger wide receivers just just because there's so many of them, and it's so hard to pick the one that's going to have that breakout year and be really really good. And then even when they are really, really good, it's tough to keep them over a running back the, the next year and the following year. So it's, it's a it's a tough sell. You're really looking for a, a needle in the haystack. But as far as team depth and, and, and get just getting another player in your roster, I, I'm, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Papa Kaz adds Ted Ginn for $5. That was some Tyler Lockett insurance because Lockett didn't practice yesterday. Um, Gus Edwards goes to Ty for $2. Josh Allen gets sure for free. 
and then Butler grabs Greg Olson for free, which leads to a trade that happened today. Um, Papakaz had the same bid as Butler on Greg Olson, but Papakaz got Ginn first. He had money on Ginn, and then Butler swapped him in waiver order and was able to pick up Greg Olson. Did you ask Butler about why he added Greg Olson? No, uh, I just we were just basically talking about his wide receiver pickups. Okay, because Papakaz couldn't figure out why he picked up a tight end in the Thursday game Thursday morning and didn't play him and essentially blocked him from picking up a tight end. So, um, <laughs> Papakaz, who loses Hunter Henry to the broken tibia, then needs a tight end. So I had Ebron on my bench and we swapped Eric Ebron for Daryl Henderson. So that was the first trade of the 2019 Suns season. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is a trade we all knew was coming at some point. It was just a matter of when. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, when was when was Daryl Henderson going to make his inaugural or his debut for the Desert Dogs? And looks like week week two is when it was. So the under hit. <laughs> yeah, it's been all off season talking him up and. Kaz played it all nonchalantly at the draft. Like, oh, I don't know. And then I, I could see his eyes light up when Papa Kaz picked him up on the roster. So this was this was inevitable for anybody that was paying attention. Uh, but it, it probably a, as far as what's happened so far through week one, through off season, it, it's probably a, f- a fair trade today. They both have upside, but long term, Kaz gets some some girly security. Said I wasn't going to mention his name on the podcast, but that, that that's the reality. He gets some security there and, and increases his chances of, of picking up what the, that share of the backfield is going to be in a, in, a, in a really good offense. So, like, a little bit better for Baby Cos, but <laughs> I, I think it's fine. Did you just call him Baby Cos? <laughs> well, you got Papa Cos yeah. and Baby Cos, right? We, we go by Little Cos or Cos Jr., please, <laughs> not, not Baby Cos. Um, All right. I I needed a nickname. There, there after are two Big male causes that are younger than me and would be babies before me, so that would be Emmett and Jonah. Um, but I, obviously Henderson has an importance to my team. If Gurley gets hurt, then Henderson plays. But right now, there's nothing to see with Henderson on my team. Um, and the tight, it was either pick up Tyler Eifert or trade for Ebron, and that's kind of. I think that's a no-brainer for my dad, um, especially with Funches being on IR. Yeah, so we're, yeah. we're rolling with the Walrus here on the Desert Dogs. Yeah, can't uh, can't fault Papa Cos for this move. I mean, it's not like there's nothing, not much to see here. It's a good move for both teams. He needed a tight end. Ebron's probably the best available that was left that that he could. I mean, other than trading for other people, but gets doesn't really have to give up much to get him. Um, basically a lottery ticket at this point. All right. Um, let's get into the week two matchups. 1-0 Mad Dogs against the 1-0 Hammer. We'll start off with the Mad Dogs. What do you guys expect from our favorite player, Antonio Brown, in his Patriots debut at Miami Sunday afternoon? Great question to start. Yeah. Wow. No, no, no. Trio has been following this guy closely, closer than the three of us. Should, should we tell? Should we tell the text I sent out today to you guys? Yeah. So I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm sitting at my desk and I'm like, uh, I got to text Simon Phil, like a, a fake story about Antonio Brown to see, you know, what crazy thing I can make up to see if they'll believe it. So I texted you guys and said, oh, my God, Antonio Brown just left the Patriots and signed with the XFL for $50 million guaranteed. And uh, nobody really responded, and then Phil said, yeah, right. But I did get Phil to announce that in a meeting that he was in at work. So I, I, I paused the meeting. I, I interrupted the presenter just, just to let everybody know. And I, I will say I was skeptical about the $50 million. If if you had said twenty five million, I would have been a hundred percent all in. I believed it, but I was probably only eighty five ninety. You had me opening Twitter and refreshing <laughs> as quickly as I could, but you, you definitely yeah. I, I I wasn't at my phone right away. Once I opened it and looked, I 
I, I totally believed it. <laughs> <laughs> Completely believed it. I had no doubts. And I opened ESPN and there was nothing. I was like, you bastard. We're, we're at the point now where he's more but, unpredictable than Dennis Rodman or Mike Tyson. Like, the, we're at that level right now. Yeah. yeah. But, but, but to answer your question, you, you, you got to have him in your lineup because this might be the only week all season that you can play him. And I think you paid, what, 70 bucks for him? You, you gotta yeah, have I don't him think Nick there. has a choice to play him. Um, the, the spectrum of what the results can be are just – this is the widest range ever, right? <laughs> I mean, it, it goes all the way from yeah. 200 yards and three scores to inactive. <laughs> I mean yeah. – <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the, the the Josh Gordon games last year, where you had no idea what we were going to get. But he he's got more upside than what Gordon. Yeah, I had mean, this this goes from being maybe the best game ever for a wide receiver to just not even Belichick not even playing him. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fascinating. I can't wait to see what what happens. It, it, you just literally don't know, but I agree. You have to have him in the lineup. Um, let, let, let me let me ask you guys a question. Antonio has been staying at, at Tom Brady's house, sleeping on his couch. What 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 does Tom do when when he opens up his phone and sees all this lawsuit stuff coming out about Antonio? Does he go into the living room and wake him up and ask him what's going on? Does he ignore it? Like does he just not even address it? Like how does how does that go down? I'm not sure. <laughs> Makes for some awkward dinner conversation. <laughs> Yeah, I think he moves the rest of his family to one of his other houses. I gotta, yeah, I gotta believe that Brady's not staying in that house right now with him. Yeah, and there's no chance. And, and I wouldn't be surprised if he like just showed up at it one day, and like the house is just completely trashed. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's turned over. It's just <laughs> there's a tiger. Exactly. <laughs> You remember when Antonio Brown got traded to the Buffalo Bills? That's like the most normal thing that happened to him this offseason. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he vetoed it. Fascinating. Um, yeah, they won the trade. But Buffalo Bills have come out the winners in all this. Um, all right. So, got to have Brown in there, but we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, we'll move over to – Just to answer your question, I'll say – Five for 60. Just to get on the record. Yeah. I, 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 think, he, I think he only catches two balls. Give me two for 34 yards. I don't think he yeah, plays I'm, much. I'm, I think I might be high on mine, but I agree. I kind of agree with you. I think he scores. Whoa. Stone cold yep. lock of the week. Right up there with Geronimo uh, Allison last week. So... The no target John Miles in last week. Um, all right, so let's go to the hammer. Looks like Gio Bernard is going to start for him. Uh, Mixon's status up in the air. Um, if Mixon's out, how do you guys feel about Gio Bernard against San Francisco this week? Oh, I feel pretty good about it. It's, uh, it's yeah, at I home. San Francisco, two back-to-back games on the East Coast or on the Eastern PA or Eastern US. I mean, um, so I gotta—I I actually kind of like Cincy a little bit in this game to at least keep it keep it close. Um, I think he puts up anywhere anywhere between ten and fifteen points. Ooh, upset special coming in there. I, I, I like Bernard as an – I think he's an RB2 this week. If, if Mixon doesn't play, he'll get he'll get the volume, probably get at least one score and catch a few passes. I, I, I definitely like him in that slot for, for this week without Mixon in the lineup. I think, he's, I think he's playable in our league even if Mixon does play just because I think with the ankle injury, you know, Mixon could be slightly hampered this week. But um, he becomes a fan duel, at least must play if he's in there for what, what that dirt cheap salary would be. So. Um, I like I like Geo this week. I agree with Shane. I think Cincinnati could make some noise in that game this week. Um, who wins this matchup between the Mad Dogs and the Hammer? Ooh. I'm gonna say 
Give me the hammer. Give me the mad dogs. I, I think there's a little bit more stability I'll over there. I'll take the hammer as well because this is what Butler does. He uh, just he finds ways to win with incompetent rosters. Um, and I like Ben at home against a bad Seahawks secondary. Um, both running backs have a chance to get into double digits. We know about the trio at wide receiver. Um, so I like I like the hammer this week. But it's going to be a tight one. <clears throat> All right, let's go to the 1-0 clan who scored 11 touchdowns last week against myself. I'm not bitter at all um, against Papa Kaz and the 0-1 Patriots. Start off with the clan. Um, we will talk about Calvin Ridley. Sunday night game. Uh, Matt Ryan looking to bounce back at home in a primetime game after a poor showing last week. Eagles secondary looked suspect at best. How do you feel about Calvin Ridley in this matchup for the plan? I'm in. Sign me up. Watched a bunch of that Eagles game in the first half, and that secondary is weak. Um, receivers just running wide open all over the field for Washington, and that's Washington. Um, all the attention – I gotta imagine it's gonna be shifted to Julio, so I feel like it's gonna be a good week for Ridley. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. All the attention from the Eagles, especially after last week and just getting gassed, all of it's gonna be stopping Julio and making sure that it doesn't happen again. We all saw Vernon Davis hurdling guys in the Eagles secondary last week. I I feel pretty safe locking Calvin Ridley in as a wide receiver too this week against the Eagles. Yeah, I think. <clears throat> the Julio, Calvin, Matt Ryan stack, if it wasn't a Sunday night game, would be one that everyone would be excited about in DFS this week. So definitely like the Falcons offense to bounce back. The one thing that would cause me a little bit of concern, Eagles have a pretty good front seven, and the Falcons offensive line's bad, and they lost, I think, a starter to a broken foot last week. So definitely some concern there, but I think uh, – I think the Falcons should be able to put up some points this week, so I like Ridley as a good play. Um, we'll move over to the Patriots. He has Matt Ryan and Julio, so it's interesting that you know all three of those players we just mentioned are in this matchup. But <clears throat> um, how do you guys feel about Sony Michelle this week at Miami? Has to be a top five running back play for this week, especially after not doing anything last week. Yeah, I mean, Miami is just pathetic. It was easily the worst team in the league. It was pretty obvious. Um, Mark Ingram ran wild. Um, Gus Edwards, when he got in there, ran wild. Um, they just chewed up the Miami defense. So I got to figure that Michelle's good for two scores this week. I don't know if I have him as a top five play and only because similar to Antonio Brown, you have no idea what the hell is going to happen in this game. The The Patriots could get up big early, throwing the ball. Michelle could have no role. It could be a James White script. And then they come out in the second half and they don't want to run Michelle at all because they want to keep him healthy for the next game. Or Michelle could have a huge first half and then similar story. They want to rest him for the second half because of, of, of his injury history. Plus you've got Burkhead. Plus you have Damian Harris and you have James White. Probably he, he, He's a really good play this week. Don't get me wrong. Out of all the running backs, he's very likely to score the highest amount for New England. I just wouldn't consider him a top five. I would be fine. Top 10, top 12, saying he's an RB1 for the week. Just He's not on my top, top five. Top five might be steep because just with McCaffrey, Elliott, Kamara, and Barkley, obviously it's tough to get into the top five when those four guys play every week. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Michelle had four touchdowns. I mean, it's that it's that variant, like you said, Phil. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's a good matchup for him this week. I think you have to like it. Damian Harris, I'm not worried about. He was a he was an inactive last week, um, but Burkhead was kind of surprising the role that he played against the Steelers. I was not expecting that. Can we talk about the Patriots' first play of the game? 
Do you guys remember what it was? I missed it. It was a jet Remind sweep me. to Brandon Bolden. Like, and that was the only play Bolden played the entire game. Like, <laughs> how much of a troll is this dude at head coach? That, that is <laughs> totally unreasonable. You have all these guys on that team, weapons out the ass, and he does a jet sweep to Brandon Bolden to open up the Sunday night game against the Steelers. Come on. <laughs> I was furious. I, I already answered that question. We're, we're on to Miami. <laughs> right, who wins? Clan versus Patriots. Ugh, it was a rough start to the season for the Pats. Um, from St. Louis, anyway. They were the worst team in the league last week. I don't know that it gets any better facing Patrick Mahomes at Oakland. Um, I'm going to take the clan. You know, when when you draft Matt Ryan and Julio, you go to bed dreaming about matchups like these. I I, I gotta say, I, I'm, I'm I'm taking the Pats. I'm too. Ryan Julio. I already talked about Sony Michelle Edelman's just as safe as it gets. I'll take the Pats this week as well. I don't like Royce Freeman and David Njoku at the lineup, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go against those two guys. All right, let's go to. Uh, Let's finish up the. Ooh, let's finish up the uh, Elway no. Far Division. I'm sorry, Desert Dogs versus Teabag. We got a little bit of a lead right now. <laughs> um, over under Chris Godwin, 79 yards and a touchdown in Week One. What do you guys think? Gotta take the over. <laughs> <laughs> so Godwin's stat line right now: five for 79 and a touchdown. That's not our question. Um, let's talk about, we can't talk about Gurley. Um, we said we wouldn't actually, let's do it. True or false. Todd Gurley scores a touchdown this week. Oh, come on. That's true. (laughs) Um, Houston carved up New Orleans on the ground last week. Um, watching that Monday night game, they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Uh, Gurley gets in the end zone at least once, probably twice. I I think Gurley does get in the end zone to, to Shane's point. I, I think I think it's gonna be a little bit of a shootout and, and and I'm looking forward to it. You got the Rams at home. I think Gurley gets in. Henderson plays a few more snaps and Malcolm Brown probably gets in too. If I if I had to guess, I, I think it's going to be a heavy ground game. Yeah, I think this is this is going to be points. Um, we saw how McVeigh is going to use Gurley in games that I don't think are as important to him. This one's a big one. This could be, you know, an early NFC home field advantage game to get you know under your belt here. So I think Gurley gets used a little differently than he did last week. Um, especially I think they have the Browns the following week. So um, I think you could see a lighter roll in week three against the Browns, depending on, you know, what, what he has to do this week in the New Orleans game. So I think Gurley scores. Um, I think Kamara scores too. Uh, let's go to take your ball and go home. Shane. You talked about how you wanted to add Hawkinson. Um, you also made me a trade offer for Darren Waller last week. Uh, but you have a pretty good tight end yourself. We saw that TJ Hawkinson carved up Arizona. Mark Andrews had a great week one. What are you guys expecting from Mark Andrews this week in Shane's tight end spot? I'm expecting another productive week. Um, not quite to the scale that he had last week. Uh, actually, he did most of his damage in the second half when the game was already kind of out of hand um, last week against Miami. So that was a little concerning, the fact that he wasn't really initially in the in the game plan, it seemed, until they were up by like 35 points. Um, but Arizona's secondary is not very good right now, especially with Peterson out. Um, I expect Baltimore to be able to move the ball, throw the ball. I think Andrews is safe for five catches. Over 60 yards. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would go 
that high. I think the receptions are right on. I probably have them around 40 yards. I, I think it's going to be a heavy ground game. They wanted to send a message week one that Lamar can sling it, right? And, and, I, and I think that they were able to do that. And this is going to be a heavy ground script, keep the, the defense on the field, especially considering how fast Arizona plays on offense and just wear them down over it. This is, a, I think, a fascinating matchup between these two teams. Like you said, Baltimore, I don't think, wants to move quickly. They want to just move efficiently, um, longer, sustained drives. Arizona, they ran 80 plays. I mean, I know the game went to overtime, but that is a crap ton of plays. Um, so that'll be interesting. I think I like Andrews this week. Uh, I think Arizona has a ton of holes, not only in their secondary, but just generally in their defense. And not only is Peterson out, I think their second cornerbacks out as well, Alford. Um, so you gotta like, you gotta like Baltimore again this week. I think Andrews, I like your five for 60 Shane. I think he's a best to score again. Um, we'll go to the curtain versus the front. Oh, sorry. Who wins? Desert Dogs versus Teabag. Yeah, this one's this one's not very close. Um, especially with Godwin already outscoring Evans by eleven points. Um, I I needed to win this matchup. Probably flip flop that to have a chance. I think you win by about thirty or forty. <laughs> I mean, you got the the Rams Saints game against me. You can't really ask for much more than when you get a Ram Saints, you know, there's going to be points in that game and having Kamara and Gurley in that game, uh, Robert Woods as well. Uh, I, I think it's more of a 125 to 90. Cup's my favorite Ram this week. Of course he is. I'll, I'll say, I don't think Shane gets to 90. <laughs> That's the, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I'm just – I'm looking at Mike Evans isn't having a good game and you really needed him to come through considering the rest of your matchups. And Kaz's matchups are just Carson Wentz at the Falcons, Kamara, Ingram. I mean, th- th- those guys are they're, – they're in really solid plays. I, I, I think I think Kaz gets 70 from his top three, if not more. And just runs yeah, away now that I think it. about it, it might have been low on my 125. So I'll take the dogs. There's no reason not to. Um, let's go to the curtain versus the franchise. We'll start off with the curtain. Um, I think everybody expected a big year from Dalvin Cook. He produced last week. Do we have any concerns about Devonta Freeman and David Montgomery, the two big buys for the curtain in the draft? Both of them kind of no showed last week. I don't know that I'm that concerned about Montgomery. Um, I think the Packers' defense is a lot better than anyone thought they were going to be. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about him this week, obviously, at Denver. A tough place to play. Denver defense pretty solid, generally at home. Um, I think as the season goes along, though, Montgomery is going to show that he's the back there. Um, I'm a little concerned about Freeman. I've never been a big Freeman guy. Um I know you had a tough matchup last week, but I'm just a little concerned as a whole this weekend and going forward that he's never going to return to the form that we saw from three years ago. I'm, I'm higher on Freeman. I, I think he, he bounces back this week. I have concerns short-term about Montgomery and his usage. Uh, I, I, I can't explain how Mike Davis had more carries than, than he did last week. Other than they're gonna they're gonna ease Montgomery into this offense, and he's gonna be a, a great play like week five, week six on, but not 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 initially. And I, I I'd be a little bit worried about him right out of the gate. Not because he he's not talented, just the whole concern with Trubisky and and that offense overall, and and Mike Davis being there. I, I think Montgomery is, uh, is is gonna finish the season with a strong play, but this week, next week, I, I, I don't I don't like him all that much. Um I was not concerned about either of these players. I liked both of them. Um not concerned about Freeman. Well, sorry, I'm more concerned about Freeman knowing now that him and Edo Smith split the snaps 50-50 last week. Um, and it seemed to really shift after Freeman fumbled in that game. So that is concerning to me. 
Um, Montgomery, I, I agree with Phil. Short-term concerns just based on usage. No long-term concerns because if you just do the eye test, he's clearly the best running back in that backfield. Um, so, I don't know. This week? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got really excited by how they use Cohen, and, and Cohen's going to be more of a slot receiver this season, which is going to open up Montgomery for three-down work once he gets to that point or when they feel he's ready. So long-term, for sure, he's going to be an awesome play. But I, I echo what you're saying, Cos. Um, all right, and then let's go over to the franchise. <sighs> Engram and Kelsey is a really good tight ends, um, tight end combo. Um, but how important is it for Ty's team to upgrade the Kenyon Drake spot at running back two? Yeah, it's very important. Um, I mean, if he can upgrade that spot, I, I feel like this is a team that can definitely, definitely compete for a playoff spot, um, be in the upper echelon of the league. Um, having Drake in that in that spot right now, I just, I just don't think is going to do anything. And we, I know it's only been one week, but just seeing that Miami team, I, I, I can't imagine that they're going to be winning a whole lot. Um, Not to mention, he didn't even start last week. Yeah, I mean, he's already in a, in a platoon situation on a bad team. Uh, can't imagine that I would, I would feel good about having Drake in my lineup. So I think I would even consider having Justin Jackson in my lineup over over Drake. Yeah, I think Jackson. I would start Jackson this week too. Phil, what do you think? Yeah. Obvious concern. I think it's a really good trade candidate that he's got two good tight ends and a lot of the league, including myself, for what it looks like, doesn't have any. Um, I, I I think after after this week, you get on the trade block and just hold Evan Ingram out there if he has a big game and, and, and see what kind of running back return you can get. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hard to trade either one of those guys, though, unless you get a nice return. Um, Ingram's going to get so many targets and Kelsey is what he is. So, uh, who wins curtain versus franchise should be a close game. Give me the curtain. Yep. Give me the curtain too. I'll take the curtain. Um, I think this week's Marquise Brown could be me call Hardman. And uh, he's got him right now in the flex two spot. I, I like the Hardman matchup. He is as fast as Marquise Brown. He played 50-some snaps last week. And there's no way they're not going to have a couple plays designed for him. Um, just kind of see what they have there. So I like that. I like that play for Eddie. And I think that could be the one that maybe gets him over the top in this matchup. I think this could be the closest matchup of the week. This is, These are two very uh, similar teams. I think they're both good teams. All right, uh, we'll go to the Park versus the Weevils. Park sitting at 0-1, Weevils sitting at 0-1, another loser leaves town map. Um, what can we realistically expect from David Johnson in a tough matchup at Baltimore um, on Sunday? Um, I'm actually not that concerned about it. I think he still puts up a decent week. Um, I think we can look for 15 points out of Johnson this week. I, I was going to say the exact same thing. I, I, I think it's 15 points probably on like 45 yards rushing and just a, a ton on receiving and, and probably a receiving touchdown. 15 was the number I had in my mind, but I, I could easily see that go up to 17-20. Yeah, I guess you guys are probably right about that. Uh, it is a tough matchup, but I think the toughness in Baltimore's defense is Earl Thomas in that secondary so maybe some of the underneath stuff opens up and Johnson's able to eat up a couple, you know, gimme catches to really boost that point total. So um, probably not as bad of a matchup for David Johnson as it would be for um, most uh, most other running backs. And obviously we talked about Arizona's going to run so many plays. So um, 
that should help. The volume should be there. Let's uh, let's talk about the bowl weevils. What's what's the excitement level for you guys on Josh Jacobs? We saw a huge uh, Monday night breakout for for the rookie running back from Bama. Scored two touchdowns, had all the work except for I think one carry um, to get 85 yards. He is a workhorse type running back. Um, Gruden has shown that when he has good running backs, he's definitely a one one running back system. Like that dude's just going to be out there. Um, so it was definitely encouraging after not seeing any of him on hard knocks. So how do you guys feel about Jacob? What's your excitement level? Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, we saw last year that, that Gruden wants to run the ball. Um, no different this year. And it looks like he's found his guy. So, I mean, he's rolling Doug Martin out, Martin out there for 15 carries a game last year. Um, Got to feel like Jacobs is a better player at this point in their careers than Doug Martin was last year. <clears throat> so, I feel like he's just going to be the workhorse there. He's probably going to get – has 20 touches a game. Yeah, I, I agree. Going into the draft, I had Josh Jacobs and Montgomery as pretty interchangeable pieces, but it's obvious that they're going to feature Jacobs way more. I mean, he led the, the league last week in, in red zone carries. I think he had 10 carries in, inside the 20-yard line, which was more than everybody else. And Gruden's going into this game knowing you got to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, and Jacobs is going to be the feature point of that offense this week. Yeah, you can definitely move the ball in KC too. Um, so you have to like that about Jacobs. I, I think it's a good matchup for him. I like the situation for Jacobs. I think you know Jacobs is the clear rookie running back out of this out of this draft class coming into draft season. By the end of the season, people were more excited about Montgomery. Um, I think that very quickly flip-flopped, um, and everyone's back now behind Jacobs. So um, definitely a good buy there for Bull uh, to solidify the running back two spot next to Zeke. Who do you guys having, have winning this one um, in what is you know a very important game for two 0-1 teams between the Park and the Weevils? Yeah, I feel like this one's going to be pretty high scoring. Um, I'm going to go with the park to squeeze it out. Yeah, the, the park's running back core is just incredible. Chubb, Bell, David Johnson. We know McCoy is going to get a lot of carries. And then he's got Peterson on his bench, who's the clear workhorse in, in Washington with Gucci going down. And then Melvin Gordon waiting and wing. I, I, I think the park win this week. Yeah, I'll take the park too. Um, they're just, you know, those running backs, like you said, it's tough. I actually think Bulls team had a pretty good start, but then I don't really like that Tariq Cohen and the Duke Johnson. I think they, those two guys may struggle this week. So that's definitely, I think, what tips the matchup in favor of the park for me. And then we'll go to the game of the week. Uh, I think arguably – Two of the better teams in the league, Seawolves and Team Ice Cream. Um, you know, both teams won last week. Both teams put up a pretty decent number. A little bit of health concerns with the Seawolves this week. Let's start off with them. Um, Schuster and Connor missed some practice time. They're both back, I think, today. And I don't think it was anything serious, but still something to monitor. And obviously, we talked about Mixon's, Mixon's ankle. Um, how do you guys? Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Obviously, incredible performance Monday night. Um, I saw a great stat. Deshaun Watson in that game threw his fifth um, touchdown in the fourth quarter to give his team the lead in a loss. So in five, in five games in his career, he scored a touch, he's thrown a touchdown pass to give his team the lead in the fourth quarter in a game which they lost, and he's done that five times in 25 games. I think the next closest to five losses in games where they threw a fourth quarter touchdown is like almost a hundred. Um, it doesn't happen very often. This team is just so poorly managed. Um, Jacksonville's defense is going to be probably looking to pounce after getting embarrassed last week. 
I think this could be five or six sacks for the Jaguars this week. How do you guys feel about Watson in this matchup? Yeah, I actually think this one's going to be a little lower scoring. Um, I think this will be more of a slugfest game. Um, I'm a little concerned. The offensive line didn't look like it was all that great for Houston. Um, I think the Jacksonville is going to be able to put some pressure on him. And with that being said, he's still a supreme athlete and still really good and still has Hopkins to throw the ball to. So let me get him for about 16, 17 points this week. Oh, man. that That's half of what he did last week. It's not quite the same matchup, Phil. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no, we, we just saw Mahomes put up, what, a 40-burger on, on the Jags. You're, you're probably right. He's, he's, he's going to get sacked, but their offensive line's going to get better. over Once Tunzel gets a little bit more acclimated to the offense, he, he's going to be fine. He, he's a great player. I do have some injury concerns about Watson long-term, but I, I, I think he, he has a fine game. Probably gets sacked five or six times. Defense probably gives up a few softies, but he's going to end up in the, around the 25-point mark. I'll hedge the middle between you guys. I think 20 is better. I think with six-point passing touchdowns, it's hard to put up just 17. Um, and obviously, you have the safe running floor for Watson. He's incredible. He's, uh, you know, as an athlete, one of the best quarterbacks I've seen athletically in a really long time. Um, but they just need to do a better job protecting him. It's It's really unfortunate that he's kind of been dealt that hand there because – well, I was going to say exactly what you just said. I was going to say what exactly what you just said, cause like what makes him so great and what you love about him is also kind of what you hate about him is the fact that like he made that awesome play for running that 20 yard touchdown last week and he gets hurt on that play because he's diving into people, diving on the ground. Like when you do those things, you're inevitably going to get yourself hurt. Um, I mean, he play, he plays great, but, I mean, he spent – he was in the tent like three or four times getting looked at because he, he's just inevitably going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. You can only do those things for so long. The same the same athleticism that has vaulted, you know, players like Watson, players like Andrew Luck, players like Carson Wentz, it's, it's you know, vaulted their, their fantasy ceiling. It also, obviously, the way they play, the style that those three types of guys play – has caused major injury concerns. And then you watch players like Russell Wilson, players like Dak Prescott, and even Mahomes is starting to figure it out with that same type of athleticism that they don't ever get hit. They get down, they get out of bounds. You know, Russell Wilson has been able to stay so healthy as a, as a mobile quarterback because he's just really smart about prolonging his career and not taking those hits. Yep. Um, all right, let's move over to ice cream. So we talked about Darius Geis. Um, obviously has the meniscus injury. He's out four to six weeks. Chris Thompson right now in the flex two, replacing John Allison and his zero target goose egg last week against the worst slot corner in the NFL. Um, <laughs> Chris Thompson had a pretty good, pretty good week last week. I think we saw that, you know, he's going to be used in that offense um, more like he was two years ago when he's healthy. How do you guys feel about Chris Thompson? Peterson should get, obviously, the running work, but I, I think Thompson's a flex-worthy play now. Yeah, I think he definitely is. Um, seven for 68 through the air last week. I would take that in my wide receiver two spot every week right now. Um <laughs> So clearly he's, he's going to be involved in the offense. And I, and I know the Cowboys sort of dominated that game. The Giants aren't very good. But from what I did see from that game, I feel like there, there's some ability to for some running backs to do some damage against that team through the air a little bit maybe. Um, obviously, Barkley did, did some work on the ground. So there, there's that too. Um, I think there's, there's some room for, for Thompson to score some points this week. And I'd, I'd pencil him in for another double-digit performance. Yeah, I, I I think the same thing, especially this week in particular. They're playing Dallas. It's probably going to be a 
play from behind game script where Peterson's not going to be on the field nearly as much as, as Thompson is, at least in the second half. And he'll, he'll get his fair share of underneath dump offs and, and he'll be fine. But I, I, I do think moving forward to, to the, the Gucci injury that you mentioned, Tom, Thompson's going to have staying power and it's definitely a good flex play. Yeah, that was a nice buy um, by Spears in the draft. Somebody that I think in all the drafts and, you know, best balls that I did, I completely overlooked him as, you know, a value and uh, definitely a guy that would like to have more than I, than I have with him, which I think is nothing. So uh, definitely a good pickup by Troy, picking up an under-the-radar guy there. Who do you have winning our game of the week between the Seawolves and the Ice Cream? Oh, man. Um, give me... Give me the Wolves. I think the even with the Thursday night goose egg going on right now for for OJ Howard, the even more important is Christian McCaffrey only at four point one. I'm not saying that can't change in a hurry, but you take that right now that separation. Um, I think the Wolves get it done. Yeah, I, I I like my matchups just a little bit better. I, I do think Fournette has a has a big game and is featured heavily with all the question marks at quarterback for the Jags. But I, I like my matchups just a a little bit better. Better, and I think this is the week that that Juju and and James Conner go off. Um, I'm going to take ice cream. I'm going to take them only because before this game started, I would have taken them. So I don't want to be dissuaded by the the 4.1 that McCaffrey has up there because it's kind of hard when we do this podcast on a Thursday night and you're kind of seeing stuff happen. So before this matchup, I would have taken the ice cream. Um, I'm, I'm just concerned about Mixon's ankle, and I don't think it's a good matchup for Watson. And I'm not sure OBJ is healthy either. Um, so and I, I worry about Gordon too against Miami. I don't know if – I can't I, – I have no idea how New England's going to attack them. Like, who's going to have – obviously, people are going to score. Um, but I just don't think it's going to be Gordon's week. So, I don't know. But I think this that, – that, it'll be a good matchup. I think those are, you know, two of the better teams in the league right now. So, oh. All right. That concludes the week two matchups. You guys got anything else you want to bring up for the pod this week? Guess uh, might as well give uh, some bets here. Jacksonville getting the points did not hold up last week. I'm sorry to everyone. I'm looking through the list here. Yeah, if Ed's not here, I'll have to give a two for one special. Give me, uh, give me Jacksonville getting eight and a half. And give me the Cardinals getting 13. Wow. Cardinals, huh? Really really all in on Kyler Murray, aren't you? Have to be. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, my, my, my closing thoughts are I think what we did for, for waivers and you look at the activity that happened this week, what was overall really good for the league. And, and I'm really happy we did it. I'm still sad not being able to go out there and look at who I can pick up and just, and just picking them up. But overall the, the, the good far outweighs the bad. And it's awesome to be part of a league that everybody's so active in and, and bidding on all these players. And it should be a really interesting rest of the way. I'm happy we did it the way we did it for a couple of years. Um, I don't think that, you know, it's something you want to roll out right away. You're going to have to see what kind of owners you have. And, you know, going into year five, everyone's kind of showed their commitment level of this league. We all, I think, talk to each other frequently about it throughout the week. So, um, I'm happy we did it that way. It seems to have early returns so far. It definitely has me opening up the league page every day and just at least checking stuff out. So the hardest part is just changing your routine that you're used to in fantasy football. So, um, yeah, I agree. Uh, nice, nice change for the league. I would encourage people to do it that way. Um, if, if you're able to, with your league mates. 
Shane, I know you were kind of skeptical about it at first. Yeah, I know we talked this week. I, the only thing I didn't like is the the Monday night thing where if you have a guy that's questionable, you, you can't pick up anyone to to replace them if you need be. So that kind of sucks, but it's unfortunate. But it's, it, it does make it more interesting and, and better throughout the week that picking up guys every day. So Yeah. Um, one more note, I think um, – be good for the league to hear. I've been talking to a former owner in our league uh, a couple times this week, uh, Jeremy Gallen from the Perkyo and Power. Um, he's doing well. You know, I, I don't need to go into details about him, um, but I think it's good for everybody to know that he's doing well. He asked about everybody in the league. I filled him in on my uh, my dominance my in the recent years, so. Uh, Probably the first sentence out of your mouth. No, no. no. <laughs> Congratulations. Did you hear about my 20-game win streak? Yeah. It was 18, <laughs> I think. Um, but, yeah, so just so everyone knows, he's doing well, um, and he did ask about everybody, so we're all happy to hear that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's good news. Good news. Yeah, happy to hear that. So, all right, that uh, that wraps up the Week 2 podcast. I want to thank you guys for joining me. Um, and good luck to everybody in their matchups this week. And we will recap uh, this week, next week when we talk and uh, see where everybody stands, see who's who's selling in week three, uh, the dogs or the baggers. So thanks, guys, and we'll, we'll talk to you next week.